This is Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a place to be loved, a place to belong, and a place to serve. Hey, we started a, a journey last week through the psalm, the songs of ascent, Psalm 120, 15 psalms in a row. Last week's psalm started with the I call on the Lord when I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. I call on the Lord when I'm in trouble, and he answers me. It's Psalm 120, verse 1. This week we're going to Psalm 121. So if you've got your Bible, take it out and open it up to the middle. You should be close to that. Um, or open your phone or your device. Psalm 121. All right, before we read this together, I want you to know you're in my prayers, so I'm praying this prayer for you. The Lord be with you. Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. This is God's word and it's true and we can rely on it. Okay, I want you to talk to your neighbor again just for a second. What are the kinds of things that you would ask for help with or is there nothing that you would ever ask for help with? Talk to your neighbor. Things you would ask for help with. Do you have stuff? Or no, no help? I ask for help with my taxes. Um, I use one of those sites where no matter what you're, where you're at, you can hit a thing and it'll answer your question for you. I'm not, I'm not prone to ask for help for much, though. Well, Mary and I took a uh, trip to Chicago last weekend to help our daughter move. She's moving from the city to uh, Niles, which is just north of the city. And uh, we took a load of stuff to her apartment, then dropped some stuff off at the hotel, and then went back down to get another load of stuff. Uh, we navigate around there with Mary's phone, as many of you do. You've got the thing telling you exactly where to turn and when to turn. On our way, right shortly after we left her house in the city, her apartment in the city, Mary's phone died. And I wasn't quite sure exactly how to get back to the hotel because we'd taken lots of different side roads to get there the first time. And uh, so Mary said to me, are you going to stop and ask for directions? <laughs> and of course I said, no way. I think I can remember how to get there. So we drove for quite a while, and she asked me several more times, are you going to stop now and ask for directions? And I said, no, I think this looks familiar. I think we can get there. And uh, even though I said no to her, I was wondering in my head, who could help me? Uh, we couldn't call anyone because my phone was dead too. Um, I wasn't sure if we could stop anywhere and they would actually know where this particular hotel was in Niles. Um, we finally drove 
a couple miles past the hotel and then I recognized a landmark and turned around and drove a couple miles back to the hotel. So we did get there. In the morning I went running through the neighborhood and realized we had been one block from the hotel at one point. Could have saved me a lot of trouble if I had asked for help. Psalm 121 is about asking for help. And the guy who wrote this was on a journey and his question was, who will help me when I run into trouble? This is a great question for us to ask. Just about anyone who's been on a road trip has at one time or another wondered if they were going to get the help that they needed. Psalm 121 gives us a a checklist. I'm going to suggest three question checklists to help us discover where we could really get some good help. And the first question on the checklist is, can I depend on myself? Sometimes. But if I'm really lost, could I depend on myself? No. If I'm really in trouble, overwhelmed by trouble, can I depend on myself? No, I need help. Uh, When big trouble comes, uh, we need help. Jesus told some stories about this. One of them is in Luke 10. It's about a man who was on a journey. And this is how the story starts. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So this is a reverse from the pilgrims. They're going downhill from Jerusalem through this rocky territory. And then Jesus says, the man was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And as he laid there, do you suppose he was wondering, well, who can help me now? I need help. I imagine as he's laying there, he's wondering that question. And our first instinct might be to say to him, well, help yourself, right? Doesn't the Bible say God helps them who help themselves? And a lot of you are nodding, but I just want to set you straight. The Bible does not say God helps those who help themselves. Benjamin Franklin said that. The Bible actually says something closer to God helps those who cannot help themselves. That God is there when we're in trouble. Uh, Jesus said something like, it's the sick who need a doctor, not the healthy. Do we recognize our need so that we cry out for help? In Luke 18, Jesus was talking uh, to some other individuals about seeking help, and this is what it says there. To some who were confident about their own ability and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So this is someone who's thinking, I don't need any help. Jesus told him this story. Two men went into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance and he wouldn't even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Pharisee in Jesus' parable could not justify himself. He could not help himself. 
The man in Luke 10 could not help himself. He was half dead. When we are really lost, we can't help himself. On this little trip, I, I couldn't tell what was north, south, east, or west, and I usually have a really good sense of direction. When overwhelming trouble comes, we ask, who will help me? Do we have enough humility to admit that sometimes we need help? Now, admittedly, many of us are not very good at this. I know I'm not very good at this. I oftentimes will try to do crazy things by myself because I think, ah, I can do it. I don't need any help. Are we humble enough to go, I need help when trouble comes? The pilgrims who wrote this psalm and sang it on their journey recognized this journey presented lots of danger and many troubles could come. And so as they began, right at the beginning of their journey, they sang out, where does my help come from? Does it come from themselves? First thing on the checklist, you know, probably yourself, not a, not a reliable source of help. Second thing on their checklist, I think, was something like idols. Can we depend on our idols to help us? God's people lived in a really religious time and religious world where people were always looking for kind of a religious quick fix, something that could help them in time of trouble, some god or some idol that they could pray to that would deliver them from their trouble. This was the context in which Psalm 121 was written by these pilgrims as they were headed toward Jerusalem. They would lift their eyes and they would look up in the distance. They could see the, the city Jerusalem way off in the distance, but that wasn't the only high place around them. There were other high places where there were various shrines or temples, altars that had been built to other gods. Um, some of you who are doing the Bible recap, have you noticed this? The different prophets, the judges, the kings at different times pull off to some little regional shrine at some high place and they offer up a little sacrifice or a little incense or seek advice from a seer that's at one of these shrines. They were looking for shortcuts. And I couldn't help but wonder if these pilgrims on this long journey toward the city of Jerusalem didn't look up at some of these holy shrines that were around them and wonder, I wonder if they could help me. I wonder if I could turn to Baal or to Dagon or to one of these lesser gods. Would they help me? The psalmist, as he's writing this, also says the pilgrims are looking up beyond these hills. They're looking up higher into the heavens. And they're looking up at the sun, and that no doubt reminded them of one of the popular gods in that area would have been the Egyptian sun god, which some had turned to to find help. Couldn't the sun god help us? They looked up at the moon, and they saw the moon god, the Chaldeans, a popular god for them. Maybe that god could help us. They looked beyond them to the stars, and there were many astrologers who would you know, read the signs in the heavens, look at the stars, and give advice for this. Maybe they could help us. These were the questions that they were asking as they were on their journey. Where could we find help? They're tempted to look to these idols. Now, when we talk about idols, it might sound weird to us because we think, well, we've all evolved beyond idols, right? We don't have these little shrines along the side of the road that we can stop in worship an idol, but I think we have not gotten much beyond them because we still look to high places for help. Some of us look to the ladder of success, climb up that ladder, have some great achievement, make a, a mark in the world, in the business world, 
That'll insulate you from trouble, right? That'll protect you in time of trouble. If I'm high enough up the ladder, I can climb above my trouble. Some of us, sometimes we look to the pillars of government and politics. We think, well, there's a source of power. Maybe when we're in real trouble, we need to look to the, the White House or Capitol Hill or the Supreme Court. Maybe they can fix the trouble we're in. Look up to them to fix our problems. Some of us put our hope just flat out in our wealth, thinking that if we've got enough money, maybe we could be insulated from the problems of the world. You know, we can buy any fix we want to if we've got enough money. We're constantly looking up at the Dow or the NASDAQ. If that's up, then we're happy. We feel good about our life, safe in our resources. We maybe look to other things, achievements, relationships, a hobby, leisure time, a technology, amassing piles of stuff, whatever we can do to say, let's protect ourselves from the world around us, from the trouble that might come. I don't think we're that different than these pilgrims and identifying various idols that we hold on to really tight and think that they could maybe deliver us in time of trouble. Isaiah 44 actually says some pretty blunt things about idols, a particular kind of idol, but I think it might apply to all of our idols. This is what Isaiah wrote. How foolish are those who manufacture idols. These prized objects are really worthless. You could probably apply that sentence to a lot of things that we hold tight to, don't, don't we? These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own idol, an idol that cannot help one bit. Who would do that? Isaiah asks. Trust in something that can't really help you. All who worship idols, he says, will be disappointed. And then he talks about one specific kind of idol to illustrate this. The woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with a chisel and a plane to carve it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it in a little shrine. He cuts down cedars, he selects the cypress and the oak, he plants the pine tree in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it, he warms himself and bakes bread. Then he says, yeah, this is nice. And with the rest of it, he makes into an idol that he worships. He makes an idol and bows down to it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat to keep him warm and says, oh, that feels great. And then he takes what's left and he makes a a God, a carved idol, he falls down in front of it and he prays to it, rescue me, you are my God. The person who made this idol never stops to reflect, well, it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and use it to bake bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a God? Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? The poor fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that is a lie, yet he cannot bring himself to ask, will this idol that I'm holding in my hand help me? If the question we're asking on our journey when we come into trouble or when we come into being lost is, who will help me? Will the idol? No. Good answer. Eugene Peterson actually calls idols little puppet gods who see nothing and know nothing. That's a pretty accurate description. So, checklist. 
Can we depend on ourselves to help us when we're in trouble? Hmm, probably not. Can we depend on our idols to help us when we're in trouble? Not so much. Three, can we depend on God to help us? This is where the pilgrim was heading with his song, considering one last high place, the place where God lives, where God dwells with his people in the temple. He recognizes this and contrasts it to the idol. This theme actually comes up often throughout the Psalms, that God is the one who sees. The idol doesn't see and know or know anything. God is seeing us all the time and watching us all the time. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand, so the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going now and forevermore. Is God watching you? When you're lost, is he lost? No. Job talked about it this way, Job 28, 24. God looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When I think about my journey and what might be coming down the road, what trouble might be out there, the times I might be lost, I'm glad that God sees everything. He knows everything. The psalmist wrote, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path. If I look behind me, you are there. If I look in front of me, you are there. Your reassuring presence is with me coming and going. Does that help us to know God is with us, watching walking with us on this journey. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what's the worst path you could be on? I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God's watching over us like a shepherd watching over his flock on the journey. 2 Corinthians 4 talks a little bit about this. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because God is watching. And God is with us. God knows what's coming. God's hand is upon us. God does not sleep or slumber. He's the keeper of our souls, watching over our coming and our going now and forever. He protects us from all harm. This is the promise of this song, Psalm 121. We're going to sing a little song of response, and I'm going to invite our worship leaders to come back up here. We thought it might be helpful in this journey if we would practice the reality that God is walking with us on this journey, and that we would give everybody a little bit of space to think about how God might be leading you. I don't know everyone and what, what joys you might be having or what troubles you might be having, but can you imagine that God is there and turn to him instead of grabbing a hold of other uh, idols, but to find your help in God. So we're going to prepare to do that in just a moment. I'm going to read through this Psalm 121 one more time. Think about how it might apply to your journey, and then we'll sing this song, Bless the Road, and we'll pray together.
a song of ascents. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going now and forevermore. God, as we bow before you this morning, we ask that you would forgive us because we have been a people who often are looking somewhere else for help. God, forgive us for those times when we have grabbed onto other lesser things and thought that they would deliver us. God, we're sorry. Help us to learn to trust you more and more in this journey, to lift our eyes to you more and more to trust in you only to bless this road. because we are hard-pressed on every side, and yet we recognize we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Thank you, God, for delivering us when we cry out to you. And we are very much in need of your help. Whatever twists or turns might be in our road now or in the future, we know that we can trust you to bless this road. lift our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, 
the maker of heaven and earth. God, I pray that you'll help us to turn our eyes to you, turn our eyes toward Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, turn our eyes toward your spirit who works within us to guide us and lead us. God, we are so thankful that we have one who does not abandon us in our distress and in our troubles, who does not leave us when we are lost, when we've lost our way, but that you continue to walk with us. So help us to focus on you in all of these moments and to recognize your hand upon us and to give you thanks. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.